enough. Other rappers is delirious. Yeah, it's really that serious. Better holler if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred, ayy. Keep it on like it, then fuck it, ayy. We gonna win in the end, yeah, we gonna live in abundance. I gotta keep it a hundred, ayy. If you don't like it, then fuck it, ayy. We gonna win in the end, yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we living. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling? They never, they never care. We're going to talk about that. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jabari Vok Podcast. I am here with a great guest. This is actually one of my friends as well, too. Dime, a.k.a. Indigo. Let me tell you something, man. Like, if you listen to their music, um, I'm going to tell you right now. It, it's so unique, and it definitely... Um, gives you an idea of perspective of, of other people instead of like your norm or whatever norm that you're into, which I'm going to get into because I got some songs I'm going to ask them <laughs> about. And if you're looking to like have like a nice razor and nice party vibe, what else? What, what do you think? Because every time I see videos of you performing, I'm literally seeing people going sick 24 yeah. 7. <laughs> Yeah, and you see how calm they are right now. <laughs> Gemini. Um, it's like my recent music has been like happy hardcore, as people call it. So it's like this energetic, electronic type of dance music that's like also very aggressive. Mm. So yeah, happy hardcore, digicore, digital hardcore, whatever you want to call it. I call it bubble grunge. Bubble grunge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you think that you're making a new sound? Because I do. I mean, I'm definitely inspired. I mm -hmm. have definitely taken ideas from other sources, but I think what I'm doing right now, which is um, I dedicated 2023 to be all my own beats that I rap on. And so that has been very- Oh, you make your own beats too? Mm -hmm. That has been very challenging. <laughs> But I also feel like I'm blooming into like who I truly am as an artist yeah. um, by being like completely authentic, down to the beats, down to the lyrics, um, everything. So I just like being a hundred, hundred percent dime. Yeah. Concentrate. And what made you want to take music seriously? Because I know knowing you from the beginning, you always had this artist yeah. aura about you. So when I saw that you started rapping and doing a lot of alternative type of sounds, I was not surprised. I was like, all right, yeah. let's see. <laughs> I mean, I was always into like this idea of stardom, which I think is a conditioned, very Americanized idea of like what success means as a artist or entertainer. I do not aspire to be an entertainer. Mm -hmm. um, I am an artist. I'm already doing that. I'm already achieving that. And so, um, for me, when it came when it came to like breaking out of that conditioning of like, oh, I want to be like a star on TV, I always was told that I was too shy to do all of that. Um, that I wasn't like star material or whatever. Like, yeah. As a kid, I would go to interviews um, or auditions rather for like Disney shows and Nickelodeon shows, and I was always told like, this isn't for you. Um, what inspired me to still take up space on stage was, for one, spoken word poetry introduced me to like what it's like to have a stage presence um, and introduced me to like the theatrical aspects of expression. And then also, this is kind of personal, but um, someone I was dating, oh, I don't what? care. <laughs> um, someone I was dating a couple of years ago, um, before we started dating, we went to Afropunk together. And I, for the first time, I'd seen like non A list celebrities 
taking up space and like just being themselves. People I've never even heard of that had like, it amazed me that they had music out. Like I didn't understand that you didn't need to have a label or you didn't have to have like to be filthy rich to record a song. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was through seeing people like Princess Nokia on stage um, and even this band called Louder Than Quiet, all black metal band um, or hardcore band, however you want to describe it. Seeing that and seeing people just like DIY create music, mm -hmm. that inspired me to actually like, you know what, I can do this. Like other unlikely individuals who are super unique have something to say and they felt it in their hearts to do so. And I'm I'm one of them. So right. so I want I want I want to know like what is your writing process? Um do you there's a lot of different ways um people have written um people write to the beat people write first and then they find a beat or people wait for shit to go down and then they write and then they you know what is your creative process um all of the above so i definitely have an archive in my voice memos of half written songs, choruses, hooks that I think are really cool. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I'm like, you know what, I feel like making music today. Let me see if there's something old that I want to like create and manifest. I'll do that. Sometimes I'll get an idea for like a cool beginning of the song. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep writing to this. And then like, I, I make my own beats. So I have a stockpile of those. I'll go into my garage band and be like, which one would match? Or more often than not, I just create the beat from scratch. And then as I'm creating it, I'm thinking of like, you know, it sounds cool, this, that, and the other. Mm. And so, yeah, that's the most common way I do it, right. all three. So what was your process? I'm gonna start with the big one. <laughs> I've listened to this song multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> and, let me tell you something. I love how unapologetic you are, because for people people that 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 know I have like a very uh, different range of music. Like I go from hardcore hip hop or to post metal, from post metal to pop, from pop to like pop rock, or from pop rock go up to Afro beats, funk music. And no one can really put my perspective and personality into one genre. So. I I love that about you, about how you're also similar in that way and you're like creating your own freaking sound and you're to the point where your perspective might freak out straight cis people very much. <laughs> and I love this song that you have called White Boy Making Preparations for My Reparations. Yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Could you tell me how did this fucking song come to me. By the way, it's a classic. Like right? I love the breaking bad, the, the breaking bad uh snippet at the end and everything. I think that's fucking like great and shit like that. So yeah. <laughs> um so I got these white boys making preparations for my reparations and breaking bad are two separate songs that I decided they should become one song or like mm -hmm. like two puzzle pieces being put together. Um I don't remember the process because that was years ago I wrote that mm. but I remember I just remember those words I was like that'll be hot on a song that'll be like so off the charts just like you know what I, I remember just thinking about well thinking about revolution um what black folks are owed and I was like you know what these white boys be flirting with me sometimes <laughs> it's like you know I'm trying to kind of like <laughs> I'm trying to like get what's mine. So right. I'm like, you know what? I got these white boys whipped. They want me so bad. I got them making preparations for my life. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like a twist on like, yeah, being chased by or hypersexualized by like white mm -hmm. boys and kind of like turning that into in my favor in some way. You know, it's like Yeah, I mean it's raunchy, like it's yeah. supposed to be provocative and weird. Right. So yeah. It's really good. It's really, it's really creative too. I like the wordplay on it. I've never heard anyone say that. So I was like, <laughs> this is interesting. I was already like brought in when 
just off of the title and I was like what the hell <laughs> don't work for my worth so I wrote that because I was thinking about the history of black folks in America and the transatlantic slave trade and I was thinking about how like work mm-hmm. like our labor was turned into um profit for not for us but for another group of people um for white folks white mm-hmm. america and so i was kind of like what does it mean to flip that around instead of like my work or my labor being turned into profit for someone else what if his work like the white boy white boy make reparations for my reparations mm-hmm. his labor in turn becomes like he has to work for my, not just for my profit, but like for everything that my ancestors have endured. Like you, he's having to work in order to equate that, the reparations, whether it's money or just like breath, blood, like he's like putting in that work to repair what was done. So it's like, he's my little toy. He gonna work for my work. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be working forever because I'm worth everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically saying, like, if you if you, if you are a white boy out there and you want to get with me, then you better put in that work to make me feel valued because, like, the people. I'm not really into white boys. <laughs> that's that's cat. First of all. Because the white boy might be making preparations for my reparations, but that'll mean that I'm about to do anything in return, bro. You already owe it to me. So, um, <laughs> I do be having dreams. So that though. means you never have a chance. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to say that because I be having dreams sometimes about like a cute little white boy. What about supernatural? Like, like a dean? Huh? Um, supernatural. Oh, from the show Supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really into them boys. Oh, all right. I <laughs> being human. I like being human. Oh, okay. The, um, the ba- yeah, the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. You made me just feel aged just now. But, like, <laughs> but it's okay. It's all right. It's cool. That's okay. I like charm. Charm is older than Superman. Oh, yeah. That's like 90s. Yeah, yeah. Man, I love that show too. So, also, <laughs> you got another song that I like called, is it Bick? Blake, I love that song. You can write my Blake. Yeah, yeah, that was well, interesting. That one, I love that song because um, I don't got a gun, but if I did, it be imaginary. I wrote that because in a lot of rap songs, they be talking about shooting niggas. It's okay if I cuss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're raw and uncut. Okay. They be talking about shooting and killing over what? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really fuck with hyper materialism. Like, that's capitalist bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that any life is any life is worth like, oh, I killed him because he. I need to rob him for a thousand dollars. Like, that's just so whack. Like, yeah. life is not worth a thousand, five thousand, fifty thousand. It's not worth. That's it's priceless. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I wrote that because I was like, everybody's talking about their guns, but like, if I had one, it would be imaginary and what? And so, um, imagine, I don't keep, you can write my blip, blip. It's kind of like a sexy song too, because it's like, you know, that aggression of like, if you don't fuck with me, then fuck you back. But like, also, we can have fun with that and like, you can write my blip, which is like, gun but also not a gun like i'm pretty sure y'all out there realize what i'm actually talking about <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah so like so is this so, so basically you wanted to capture um you wanted to capture talking about gun violence in our community and also talking about empowering yourself in, in being like in a sexual way yeah mm-hmm. it's like you know what I'm cute. Um, like come at me if you want, but like at the end of the day, that's not the that's not where the power is. Mm-hmm. Like power is in like self-confidence and like walking in this world in your truth. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, as, as long as everyone walks 
um, as long as everyone kind of like does what they do to feel joy and do their best at that, I really think we could achieve world peace. Mm. Also, that's like the optimistic part of my brain is so far away right now. Like I'm really mostly a pessimist. Well, you know, optimism is great to have. It it's is. Hard it's to hope. Keep you know, but it's a little sliver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's definitely something um, that like like. Like my partner is more pessimistic than I am, and I'm more optimistic, clearly. And you know, we clash on that sometimes, but it also helps helps her feel like, hey, you know, like like maybe the motherfucker's right. <laughs> you know, maybe I should just be like, oh god, twenty four seven. You know what I mean? But I'm also like, oh god, twenty four seven on certain topics as well too, and she's also optimistic on certain topics as well, and I get mad because it's always opposite. I'm like, oh, but you, you, you're okay with <laughs> that, like you know, like I think it's a balance, but it's hard, especially the older you get too. I'm starting to realize when you start seeing, like you, you are, you already know this when you're just already out paying bills by yourself and all this stuff mm -hmm. like that. You should start getting more pessimistic just off of like. Yeah, cars. And, and, <laughs> like when you're younger, you're kind of like farther away from the picture. Like think of society or like even adulting as mm. a painting on the wall. When you're younger, you're kind of far away, and you can see the bigger picture and judge like, oh, this doesn't look right. That doesn't like look right. This is how we need to fix it. But as you get older, and you become more like you have to participate in that painting. You become part of it. Not only are you walking up to it to the point where that's all you can see, your peripheral vision is taken up by um, society and mm -hmm. what's going on, but you become part of the painting and it's like, mm -hmm. like it becomes harder to break free um, yeah. and to even like see what's wrong because we're conditioned to participate in it. And then people who choose not to participate in the system, yeah, the system is designed to make life even harder for them. Yeah. And, and it, a lot yep. of people have mental disparities because of that or they're told that they have mental disparities even when it's like we're just raised in a world that our brains like we're not we're not treating ourselves well mm, mm. i like i like that i agree with that um and then also i want to ask you as well um when you perform do you see yourself as two people, Dime and Indigo, because you look, you don't look like Dime at all when you perform. <laughs> so funny. Um, Your energy, everything is just like different. It's very, very like captivating. You know what I mean? But knowing me knowing you for so long, like you mentioned earlier, like you were always just timid and chill and and then if a nigga act up, you're ready to put the nigga in his place, but then yeah. you go back to being timid. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so like, like I'm how do you do that? <laughs> so I feel like naturally I have different aspects of self mm -hmm. um, in different environments, bring out those different parts of me. So being on stage definitely brings out like the indigo vibe. Mm -hmm. um, lately it has been feeling like two separate beings because I, I think people have their expectations now. Like they're more familiar with me and my sound. And so Yeah, you gotta follow them, you know. Yeah, but they the following expects me to follow them. Mm -hmm. They expect me to follow what their expectations are for my artistry, for my expression. And that is not me. I feel like that's why there's that like feeling like there's two versions of me, because like there's the one that exists in others' brains, and then there's the actual indigo who mm -hmm. is also dying. And so, I don't know. I think once I have more content out, like I don't have any music videos. Um, I think that's one of the great ways I can express like who I truly am and people can see that without having to see me in concert. They'll be able to like refer to me and like, oh, this is a video of Indigo, this is Indigo's vibe. Not like having to rely on their memory of what I am and that's not like, that's one perspective mm. um and the only valid perspective is is mine because i'm telling my own story 
<laughs> you do have a lot of um, visuals on Instagram that definitely captures the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Style. How you how you do things and stuff like that, and it's very unique. Sometimes I wonder how in the fuck you even make these graphics or. Yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of my own, like, designing the pictures, um, but also when I host my events, I always make my own flyers, nice. um, and I do everything from scratch. Like, Very creative, yeah. I go on um, Procreate, and I create the, um, so you the characters. You use Procreate? No, I don't use Tumblr. I use Procreate, and I use um, PixArt. That's mm. it. Don't tell the secrets now. No, <laughs> I don't like to gatekeep. It's great. You pay $50 for a whole year and you can edit videos, you can edit pictures, you can make flyers. Like, it's really worth it to me. Like, as a graphic designer, I get to just like do everything from my phone and my iPad. Maybe you can like, give me a tour because I'm looking to change. I use Canva for now and I feel like I'm very, I feel like, um, like, yeah. I'm contained with, with yeah, you. it's too cut paste, like templated. Right. There's not a lot of creative wiggle room. Yeah. Um, so Pixar is really great. Did you go to school for that or are you just self-taught? I did journalism in college. Mm -hmm. So they taught us like graphic design a little bit. Motherfucker. But, um, <laughs> but other than that, not really, just self-taught. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't know like Photoshop like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because like it's really nice, and I wonder, and I was wondering if you were signed, but you. you're not signed. You're I'm not signed. I do have a collab right now with a label, but um, yeah. there's no paperwork. Who, who's the collab? Uh, Big Four, Chesky Ramos. Oh, nice. Shout out to Chesky. I won a hip hop award with that guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, with Jahan Nostra. They did the song That's called cool. El Chapo, and I was one of the. Um, I was one of the um, freelance, uh, not no, not freelance. I was one of the producers for like the connection producer, whatever it's called. I was the one that helped bring the activists that they had in the video and made the connections of where the building was going to be and stuff like that. And then we That's went nice. to uh, Harlem and we won the hip hop award there. And then they also won hip hop awards around the country as well. So it was pretty. Vanessa was a part of it too. Um, uh, Carrie's partner, Vanessa, if if you remember. I'll show you a picture later. She was a part of it as well, too. Um, really, really dope. I never got to meet Chesky, though. I oh, saw him wow. before three times, oh, but I never wow. got to meet him yet. <laughs> he was Sweet the part. Super charming. And like, yeah, just like Tilda with a lot of people like it. I'm excited about the collab. Um, it's an EP. They have like a couple of, I think it's four of us, four underground artists from Connecticut that put together small EPs, which will be available on Bandcamp um, next month. Nice. Day. Um, be sure to send me that link because this video should be out before it ends, but I'll just update it when it comes out and let, let people know. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, there's going to be new music from me up there, unreleased stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. Cute. Cute. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> you fucking doing it, yo. Like <laughs> I'm crying. I've been taking it slow though, I feel like the past couple months. You know how you know you you know how I know you're doing it when I look at your content and I get jealous sometimes. I'm like, what the I'm fuck am I doing? That's me. But that's just how That's how Instagram are, is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I go up there and I'm looking at my peers, like especially anybody like from New York. Right. doing music right now, I'm like so jealous. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like out there, like, what the fuck am I doing on Dixwell Avenue? Like, <laughs> nah. No, I see people like getting gigs left and right, and I'm like, right. If I had that platform, give me a year, I swear to God, I'll blow up. Right. Well, it's good. I I do see that on your Instagram following, it has. Yeah, because no. I was shadow banned for years, and then just recently it got taken off. So I got like. I think by the end of this year, I'll probably have 2,000 more followers. I think I'm shadow banned right it's now. That's because I'm talking about Palestine a lot. But okay. Me too. But you know what? <laughs> Every time I write Israel, I use, because I have a font, uh, a like, unique keyboard on mm -hmm. my phone. I'll change the keyboard because they can't detect, they can't, like, read different fonts. Like, the algorithm doesn't read it. So I'll change um, the font. It, people can still read it, but the algorithm doesn't know. Mm -hmm. Whenever I write Palestine, Israel, 
I'd be writing genocide and like ceasefire and stuff in regular font, but like I try to code my fonts now so that I don't get shadow banned. I hope y'all listening to this because this is actually fucking interesting. I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they are shadow banned people. Like even um I forget what news outlet did this, but you know Motaz Azaiz. Yes. He's in Gaza now. That's one of my like favorite people to follow right now for information and just like just seeing what's going on and every day I wake up and I go to Motaz to see like has he posted like to make sure he's safe that's wild that we're in a world that a lot like that's wild but um what was I saying I forget you were talking about the changes of the fonts yeah the change in the font what else you do to stay out of that funk I I'm gonna ask it for myself (laughs) saving stuff I try to share stuff, anything that they say is like, um, like, oh, we're covering this for your, like, for like triggering warnings. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time I click see it anyway without clicking see details. That way the algorithm kind of gets like what they're blocking is actually important. Like people want to see it, but I won't share on my page because if I share it through my story, it'll shadow ban me for sharing like sensitive content instead what i do is the zionist who be in my dms um i will send anything of like people in pain like children stuff like that i send those videos to them that way the algorithm gets like this thing is being shared but i'm sending it privately and i'm sending it to people that like i'm trying to hit people's empathy Mm-hmm. Some people be in my DMs like acting stupid, and I'm like, do you even see these videos? So I mm-hmm. just every time I see one, share, share, share to the Zionists. Mm. <laughs> and for the algorithm, they're like, okay, push this content more, and it protects my account from being shadow banned because mm-hmm. I'm not like posting it to my thing. I'm putting it privately. Mm. Do you mind a pop culture question? It's yeah. kind of related. Have you ever heard the uh, the man Andrew Tate? Oh, okay. That's wild. <laughs> I don't be knowing anything. No, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about that off camera. Because <laughs> if you knew about it, I don't need to talk about him if you don't know about him. So we're going to talk about him later. I'll, I'll, you'll know who he is off camera. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that we know a lot of Muslim people. And I think it's very important that we center Muslim voices. I'm starting to notice that a lot of people don't know how many Muslim friends that they actually have. And they don't realize that. I've noticed that with a few artists that I know that they were just like, oh, I didn't know so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so that these are people that they knew for years. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were Muslim. I'm like, well, yeah, because they don't push their religion on you. Mm-hmm. You're like the Christians do. No offense. Mm-hmm. My dad's a pastor. I can talk junk about Christians. So, <laughs> so like, I... I don't think people realize the Zionists is who I'm basically referring to. I don't think they realize here in the States, the Zionists here in the States, I don't think they realize who they're hurting mm-hmm. with this harsh, ignorant, not understanding how this colonial state was established type of uh, vibe. Like they don't, they don't get it and they yeah. don't get who they're, who they're hurting. Like it's just like how grandpas that are transphobic as fuck don't realize it their kids are fucking trans yeah. <laughs> they don't realize who they're hurting so i just I, I wanted to open up the conversation with that but we'll do that off camera so um you have this other joint moving on to your your, your catalog that i really like as well too called numb oh. yeah um yeah. that it's kind of dark mm-hmm. but you know you notice that <laughs> Because you know it's a sad song actually, but mm-hmm. it the beat is very upbeat. But if you listen to the words, it's like yeah, yeah, it's like a sad ass song. Okay. I wrote that whole album except "Are You." "Are You" was already done. So mm-hmm. Not that was my beat. next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, do, do, do. "Phantom" and "Numb" I wrote in distress. Mm-hmm. Um, in like the same day, so. Mm. Definitely some sensitivity there. Numb is about being so overwhelmed with emotion that the emotions kind of just leave the body or like just about shutting down under um, emotional stress. So like just feeling so 
emotional that I'm actually numb. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I'm smoking to get rid of the, to like cloud my mind so that I don't have to think about what is upsetting me. Like I'm smoking on that Zaza or whatever, everything's fine. But also like deep down, I know like, I'm, I'm some feeling cause I'm feeling pretty. Numb. Yeah, 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 it's pretty, it was pretty dope how you did it i i uh i listened to it a few times to get a full understanding of what you're talking about do you think a lot of people don't notice that magic um and stuff like that i've only performed it a couple times so i don't know mm-hmm. my dad said that he really liked the song so maybe it does go over some people's heads <laughs> but i think enough people realize um that the song is sad mm-hmm. i've had some reactions that are kind of like Okay, they realize there's kind of like a, a solace to mm. it. It's like content with the emotional upset. Mm. Who's your inspiration? Oh, um, I'd say I'm super inspired by Princess Nokia. I really love her lyricism. Also, I respect her as an artist and revolutionary. She's always been super open about her stance politically, socially. Um, and a lot of people try to shit on her, but I think she's fire. And people I shit on her all oh, the time. I fucking haven't noticed the not, reasons. I'm like her noticing her. now. <laughs> yeah, bro. They are saying things like she's not actually black. Um, what? And that she like um, is like what do you call it? Like black baiting her fan, like pretending to be black. But like you got people on YouTube pulling up pictures which there aren't a lot, pulling up pictures of her mother who passed away, trying to see her skin tone. And I'm like, y'all don't have nothing better to do than to pick at this girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who's trying her best. Um, but yeah, I like Princess Nokia. Um, People gatekeep very hard. Now, is she is she Black or is she mixed? She's mixed. Mix? She's half Puerto Rican um, and half Black. Her mother... According to her words, her mother is Black Puerto Rican, or mm-hmm. was Black Puerto Rican. And so she was, um, her father's white Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And after her mom passed, she was raised um, Taino. So nice. her um, foster mother was indigenous um, Puerto Rican. And so she was raised within that tradition of mm-hmm. like the indigenous ways. And people were trying to say that, oh, because that's not her bloodline that she doesn't have any entitlement to like calling herself Taino, Afro-Taino. I'm like, bro, she's literally playing. It's called colorism on a high level. Very strong colorism. And people color, we got to stop doing that shit. We we literally have to. If there's anything that irks me is when people are trying to take away your identity because it doesn't fit what they think black is or what they think puerto rican is and you don't even know what taino is mm-hmm. you don't so just, like, <laughs> just like wow. unless you go and talk to taino people you know and have a conversation know, right? and learn <laughs> oh yeah i love princess nokia i feel mm. like another huge inspiration of mine is lustic puppy it's mm. from york um they do like digital hardcore music mm-hmm. um I I created White Boys Making Preparations for My Reparations. Um, I was in a kind of band, like a duo band thing, um, making electronic music with someone, and they introduced me to Lustig. But I already knew Lustig through their visual oh, art. Oh, so you met them? Um, I've met them, but that was at the time I met them. Oh. I like, found out, or I followed them for their visual art. Mm-hmm. Then I found out they did music, and we pulled up to a concert time of my life absolutely amazing um and then like over the years it's been like a year or two since i was introduced to their music and i've met them a couple times since then said hi yeah um hopefully we have a show together in the future we've talked about it a couple times nice nice that's really dope to see someone that inspires you and, and able to talk to them and vibe with them you know Mm-hmm. Also, Ruggy Rugs, huge inspiration from New Jersey. Um, 
I'm organizing a show with them on December 9th. Look at you working with people that yeah. you fucking love. <laughs> I'm curating these shows, trying to bring artists out from um, once a month. I do shows where I bring an artist from out of state to perform with artists from Connecticut. And so we've done artists from Boston, we've done artists from New York, um, next is New Jersey and Philly. And then I don't know from there, I'm trying to get a venue space. Like I'm tired of hitting up venues, begging them for space once a month. Um, what is up with Connecticut? <laughs> and then I don't know if I'm like shadow banned from the underground, but like there's two underground venues I've reached out to, or one actually that I've reached out to multiple times, no response. And then another one recently um, that just came out of the ashes like a phoenix because it was gone before and now it's back. And I haven't heard a response from them either. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. If it's like, a small town weird thing right but i just i need my own space mm. um also i need to get out of here so it's kind of weird like i don't know like i want to get a studio here so i can do shows but i also want to leave so i can mm. live in new york so try to make that work what i've noticed too from your videos is that you have a very um strong people of color audience especially black people oh yeah that's um, number one uh, do you do you compare your do you think that yourself is like a misfit you know how you know how, like a lot of people that are um that identify as black um they we were not always fit into that category as yeah. what black culture really is yeah. but do you see yourself as like being a leader of like the misfit black people i always say i support the misfit black people since uh, I'm yeah, a misfit. <laughs> definitely one of the oddballs, um, and I pride myself in creating a space where weird black people or like punk noir. Right, <laughs> right. Um, I was looking for the term. Yeah. It would change over time. Um, <laughs> or Afro punks. Yeah, we can already talk about Afro <laughs> but like bringing the weird black folks to a space where they can dance, they can perform right. um, and get to know each other. Like I've definitely noticed my influence on the scene in Connecticut and New Haven. Like we got more like queer black boys awesome. coming out, just like doing their thing, doing their music. I'm so proud. Like. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that I'm proud of that like they just express themselves authentically, and um, I like when people let me know that they that I inspired them too mm. because I think that's like humbling and also honor it honors the culture because like it's not just me I'm inspired by other things too so it's like we all kind of like push the culture together in that way mm. like. I might have inspired someone to get on stage, but me watching them get on stage, getting on stage inspires me to make a new song so I can get on stage again too. So I like that, the cycle of like cooperating or yeah, co-op, co coagulating. <laughs> <laughs> Just like being with other people. Yeah, I mean, community when I interviewed Finn, Finn had this amazing understanding of how like when we talk about our fellow black queer people, um, how when it comes to the music industry, there's really not a space accommodates us, especially for our trans siblings. And then they are doing such great work with, you know, building community just like yourself as well with having space for black queer people to be able to be themselves and not have to worry about the cis and straight nonsense that goes on 24 7. that's my camera stopping <laughs> and it's i've i've noticed as well too that um how important is it's needed because earlier on when i was um just out i didn't think about these things because i'm I'm unfortunately always assumed to be a straight man whenever I'm around people that haven't learned about my identity. Um, so I've noticed that I have a privilege in that where I have a different experience with a producer or engineer that 
a trans person will go and try to work with them and they will have a totally different, probably negative experience with that person. Mm -hmm. I've started to learn that, that, that I have a privilege in that understanding because if they, if I was to be the stereotypical pansexual, what straight people think, mm -hmm. I wonder how would I be treated in that same space with someone I've known for years, you know yeah. what girls say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of trans folks, like, I'll collab with trans folks through, like, discords and stuff like that. If we're like, yo, let's make music, we'll do that electronically. Or not electronically, but, like, wirelessly. Mm -hmm. It's never, yo, let's link up at this spot, this studio that's queer-friendly and mm -hmm. trans-friendly. Like, there's not a lot of spaces like that at all. And mm -hmm. that's a shame, which is another reason why I really would like a space, like, I produce all my own music. I feel like I could definitely have a, a space where like people who are queer, who are trans, who are just like making different type of music can come in and just like go all out. Like I've definitely been to some studios where like you've heard my music. I've been yeah. talking about all sorts of nonsense. Oh yeah, things. you go, you go away, you talk about getting boys pegged, everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I do that in the regular studio. Like they like I've had a lot of producers try to flirt with me oh, just because they hear my lyrics and they're like, Oh what? Um, oh let me let me pause, let me uh <laughs> let me not get too close to this one and wanna know what's my number after. I'm like, but yeah. So do you know how to get paid, bro? I, I think I'm a song. I know, I'm just like. <laughs> I remember a song, like, no, that's what they actually want. You know what they do? Like, if they're shy to say anything, I literally just wrote a lyric where it's like, if he says he loves me, then he's probably getting hung because yeah. it's like a lot of these dudes, like, will really, like, ride on my wave. Yeah. And it's like, but they're, they pretend that their desires are a mystery. Like, saying is that I see majority of artists as like a certain spot that's similar to another artist. But there are a lot that repeat what they see. You don't. You don't repeat what you see. What you do is you create from different things yeah. and you put together. You know what? I was just thinking about that. I was like, yo, I'm so proud of myself for creating all my own beats this year and rapping on all my own beats because it's thousands if not millions <laughs> of mm -hmm. other rappers who are getting beats off of YouTube, yeah. off of beat stars. And like, that's cool and all, but how many regurgitations of the same sound come out of stuff like that? Yeah. Who can say that they have any type of flow or sound that is adjacent to Indigo? They can't because no. Indigo don't make your beats. No. Indigo makes their own beats. Right. So I was like, yeah, because for a while I was feeling insecure about it. I'm like, dang, am I counting myself out by only making my own beats? Am I creating such a different sound that less people are going to be into me? Um, but then I realized, you know what? I'd rather be one of a kind and have zero listeners than be so palatable and commercialized that like everybody um, either sounds like me or like is listening to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That almost makes me cry a little bit because yeah. that's exactly what I want everyone to do. You know, that's what we did with Light Warriors 
we we did our own we didn't try to be like anyone um and it shows mm -hmm. you know the 400,000 views didn't just come because we were copying it came because people saw that we had something different mm -hmm. so it's it's I want people to always do that every that's why I have this podcast that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast when I talk with artists because I want to I want to get this into people's head 24 7. I know it sounds repetitive at this point because <laughs> you're like the hundred artists I've ever interviewed but I'm just gonna keep saying it man do you and like you said earlier actually you said I don't care if I get zero plays as long as I'm doing me 24-7. At the end of the day, I'm making stuff that I want to listen to. Like, I have so much unreleased songs that I just be listening to in my car while I'm driving. Or I'm listening <laughs> to my own music with my headphones on while right. I'm walking. Like, at the end of the day, I'm making music that makes me feel good. You're your own fan. Yeah. And that's really important. Tony Graham be... said that, too, when I had him on the on the show uh, three weeks ago. He's like, if you were in my car, you're listening to me. Exactly. It, <laughs> Be like, okay, this is familiar. Like, yeah, my voice. And he'd be sending text messages to people, hey, you heard this? Or, or if this I'll be if shy to do that. <laughs> I'm so shy to send text blasts. Because I got, I used to send text blasts for my events. Mm. Um, Don't be shy. No, one of my favorite people, like, I sent a text blast for an event mm. and they messaged back, stop. You know why? Because mm. when you get text blasts from like, five digit numbers on your phone about like random stuff oh you talk about the text thing i was thinking the dm thing oh the text blast thing. okay got you yeah but even if i use my own number to send a text yeah this one person was like oh stop because they thought i was like a subscription uh, <laughs> if they subscribe to me but i'm like no i'm just letting you know my event oh my yeah, god i'm wary about texting people about stuff i definitely um I use my event pages to blast people through the video. Mm -hmm. that like the, the app follower? Um, Have you done that? No, not that. Doesn't um, really work well. I want to recommend. Followers? <laughs> yeah, now you can on Facebook for your page, like your music page, oh. you can put at follower where it just tags all your followers. Oh, I never seen that. Onto your posts. I don't system. use it Facebook enough. Yeah, I'm Facebook's. I'm, I'm about done with it anyway, so I'm TikTok Bay. That's the way for me right now. <laughs> yeah, it's very informative. Any topic, I just look it up. Like yeah. yesterday, I had that insurance problem. I looked up insurance scam. Why is Progressive so sucky? Mm -hmm. I found mad videos that made me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Progressive sucks. We all know. So we're running out of time now. This was really, really good. I got my last question for you. What is next for Indigo for 2024? Oh my goodness. Okay. So <laughs> I really want to be intentional about my music output next year. Um, uh, music videos, like music videos, 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 videos. Uh -oh. I probably going to be releasing new stuff too, but like videos for old songs, videos for recent songs. Is coming. Um, I'm about to start doing at home concerts. So I'll just be like on my couch performing some new songs and then posting that on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. Um, so it's going to be a lot more video content. Like I said, I want people to have like receipts to who Indigo is other than just my Instagram because I don't even trust the gram. Trying to like wean myself. No, bro. fuck Instagram. <laughs> I'm trying to wean myself off of that platform. Yeah. Is that your biggest your biggest following? Instagram? Actually, Tumblr is. I have like 12,000 followers on That's Tumblr. right. You was Tumblr as well. Yeah. Did I meet you on Tumblr? It was YouTube. Oh, okay. And then my Tumblr was where all my like witchy stuff was. But I I flipped that and now it's about music. <laughs> um but yeah, just videos, 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 new music. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. High Fade Vibes is my new event series um, where I'm bringing out-of-state artists to perform with Connecticut artists at dance parties and like experimental underground music vibes. So that's great. Also, Punk Noir is coming back next year. Um, I'm working on making it a three-day festival. 
Nice. So, yeah, applying for you grants. They're going down. Mm -hmm. I'm applying for grants um, and, and trying to get a space, an yeah. event space, and also relocating to Brooklyn. So, if you know of a sublet, cheap. A cheap sublet, yeah. $950 to $1,100 for, for a sublet. If you're looking for a roommate in Brooklyn, hit me up. Y'all going to take one of my day. friends. Yeah, I'll be back. I have a car. <laughs> a car. <laughs> Two cats. Cat friendly, 420 friendly, neurodivergent friendly, because I have ADHD and a little bit of bipolar too. So we're, we're chilling, we're chilling. Which you just reminded me, we're talking about the funding. Shouts out to the New Haven Arts Council for funding this project. Literally, the camera is because of you guys. The laptop is because of you guys. That camera is because of you guys. You guys are freaking awesome. Awesome. This space is because of you guys. Thank you, New Haven Arts Council. I should have said that earlier. Oh, Arts Council, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the equipment. This is great. <laughs> yeah, so we, I'm going to tell you right now, Arts Council is definitely, like, always there for the community. Shouts out to every freaking person on staff that looking for talent, looking for people that have to share their arts. Beautiful. Should have said that earlier. Saying it now. Um, so thank you so much, Indigo, for, for coming out. Talk to me in this uh, secluded area. <laughs> Thank you for having me, this was pleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love to have you back on next year after you do all your projects and stuff. Maybe in the summertime, okay. or whenever, or before your your festival or something like that. Maybe I'll even just pull up, just cover your. Oh my god, that'd be so cool. Freaking interview during your festival. I mean, actually, like you know what I mean. Actually, want to be interviewing artists live. That'd be fire. Oh yeah, send them my way. You know, I gotta meet Chesky. Jessica, I haven't met you yet. We won a we won an award together, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Jabar. Uh, this is Jabari Bach podcast. I'm here with Indigo. Check out their music. It's on SoundCloud. Um, where else? SoundCloud, Spotify, all platforms. All platforms. But if you want all the juicy stuff, most of my songs are on SoundCloud. Okay, the juicy stuff is on SoundCloud. So. Everything that we discussed earlier. <laughs> I don't want to repeat it, but <laughs> dude, dope artists right here, literally their own lane. Yeah. I, I want to say New Haven legend right now, but I've been told to save that for later on with, with artists. <laughs> but you're definitely a New Haven icon. Like you are. Everybody knows you. Yeah, everybody freaking the, knows you, dude. Like the theater the other day, this person was like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's happening. Hi, I'm waving at you now. Hi. <laughs> and we are out. Have a really good day, everybody. Peace.